I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we coming from a basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome into another piping hot, triple fire emoji episode of the Podcastianos. I am Jordan Hall, and I am joined as always by a man with an impeccable sense of style. It's Eric Wayne. Mm. Eric, how are you tonight, old chum? I am crisp and starched, ready, ready for any kind of formal podcasting, formal occasion. I'd actually like to see the the instance that would be formal podcasting. You know, with a with a monocle and a top hat, look looking and, like the, the the Mr. Peanut, oppressing the plebs. That's my style. <laughs> um, so big news on on our corner of the internet, which is which. If we're being honest, is a really odd corner of the internet where it is. it's mostly just funny things, animals, and stuff related to the tigers. That I would say that's our our corner. Um, mm-hmm. But homeboy was spotted uh, in the crowd at the royal wedding wearing a Detroit Tigers polo. Um, yes, is this like representing to an extreme? Like, what well, what's going on here? How, how is that his 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 option? Here's my theory: the guy is like, all right, we're going to. Uh, England, and uh, we're going to see a lot of, you know, this is a historical event. Uh, he's looking through his closet. What do I have that's old and English? <laughs> old English D. Yeah, it's it fits. It's perfect. It's very apropos. I like the idea that he was actually just – he's not American. He was just there in England <laughs> and, and wanted to go to the wedding. And he's like, crap, I don't have any any clothes. So he hit the, the old uh, – goodwill and that's just what was what was hanging there and all of a sudden you know he got the tiger's uh polo for two bucks because it had a little pink sticker on it and he was good to go stop although um i I think tiger's gear is classy it it plays almost anywhere doesn't it Um, um i've heard that the tiger's home uniform is as close as you can get to formal wear at in a ball game it looks sharp. It's classy. I'd actually now, agree with w- that. Yeah, he was he was wearing a polo, but I mean, um, I mean, do you wear white pants often? I can't say that I do. <laughs> if you unless you're play for the Tigers, or you're a golfer, you're not a man wearing white pants a lot. No, I have I have white shorts, but it's, it's just not quite the same. If it doesn't go all the way down, I would say. It's not the same if it doesn't go all the way down. You're right. Speaking of, so you were talking about how formal the the white yeah. home jersey is. I actually have a job interview tomorrow. Um, do you think that I should go in my jersey? Could I let? Could I borrow your your Quentin Berry jersey real quick for the for the interview? Well, I mean, you don't want them to pay you too much <laughs> and have so many expectations right away. I mean, you want to keep it, you know, level. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe an inch jersey. No. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a uh, a puffin collared shirt. I, I think I'll probably wear that. Um, so, anyway, do you own any Tigers jerseys? I actually don't. Um, I take that back. So, I went through a phase where I was ordering a lot of jerseys from China, which were um, 
of questionable validity. I have a few of those. Um, I actually have an Avila jersey um, Mm. that I got signed, which is cool, except for the fact that it is Alex Avila. Um, Stop. Are these clearly Chinese? They're clearly substandard. Yes, clothing. the the Avila one is about as close to legit as I've gotten. I have um I have a Verlander one that is definitely not legit. Um, I want to say that I had a Prince Fielder one back in the day that was definitely not legit. So it, I guess it just depends on your definition of Tiger's jersey. Um, but all the all the words are spelled right, which I mean, how, how much Good. better you can you hope for the, than that? Okay, back to it. Puffin shirt. Yes, continue. I, oh, again. no, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's probably it, that's what, what, I, what I'm going with for the interview tomorrow. You know, put the, the sport coat on over the puffin shirt. Um, so it brings us this week's uh, leadoff question. Uh, what would you, if you were in the United Kingdom for the special event, have worn to the royal wedding? I, you know, personally, to tell the truth, I probably would have kept it real simple. You know, maybe a, a nice dark. It's a formal. It's a classy affair. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wearing just a nice dark suit. That That's how I have. Did you see Beckham? Beckham oh, looked Beckham like a looked freaking good. He looked like a train conductor. So to, to be fair. And Be- maybe a vest. Beckham I like the vest good. look. Yeah. All right. Um, I so so you were you're vacationing in England and you're busting out a full on suit to go down to Buckingham Plaza or wherever. wherever oh, it was. well, no, I guess if I'm just spectating the crowd. I'm just wearing my normal. Okay, so gear. so that would be like if you were in attendance in the church or wherever they got married. That's when yeah, you're going yeah, suit. Yeah. Okay. If I'm just spectating the carriage going by, you know, you're lucky if I have a shirt on at all. <laughs> um, speaking of my uh, my first option uh, was a tuxedo T-shirt because mm. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's the best of both worlds. But my second option um, was actually birthday suit. I mean, there you go. It's a different kind of suit. You wouldn't wear uh, like a piratey shirt with the frilly sleeves in honor of your your show. A puffy shirt, yeah. No, uh, no. I, 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 to quote Jerry Seinfeld, I, I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcast Yanos. On Instagram, I am at Jordino four. Uh, the Gmail account. If you want to send us an email, which we have an email for this week, so don't hey, let, don't oh, let me hey. don't let me forget to to read that one out because it's not, not sleeping on the questions. email. Uh, yeah. It's podcastianos at gmail and we would love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. Um, if you like the show, um, please leave us a review. It's a really good way to help us uh, find new listeners and for new listeners to find us. Um, and write something funny in it. We'll read it out. We're not asking you for any money. Don't don't send us money. If you appreciate the show, give to your favorite charity. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, that works, too. That works. Or or you can send us money. We'll, we'll, we'll probably take it. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannis. Um, so I thought about just like copy and pasting the audio from this section on last week's show and skipping right to your beef of the week. But I thought, no, I, we, we owe them 15 minutes of dedicated Tigers talk. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, the drill by now, uh, Tigers had a pretty nondescript week, um, slightly below 500, lost a few games late and still are two and a half games out of first place. It's crazy how bad this division is. This week felt it started so hopeful and it ended those those two out of the three last games in, in Seattle seem so painful. Like we, we won the first game in Seattle and it was a textbook win. That was Thursday night. Um, strong pitching, strong bullpen unfolded just how you would imagine. It was so great. And then you had Friday night. We're ahead four to zero midway through the game. And you're like, yes, this is happening. We we can, we can rise to the top of this crap division and Fulmer is Fulmering. He's, he's cruising. He really was. And um, all of a sudden he kind of, uh, you know, shows a little vulnerability. He, there's two kind of eh, hits back to back. Okay. They pull him. Uh, then Saulpold comes in and he gives a bunch of hits one down the line. And all of a sudden we're down five to four. And, um, despite, despite our reputation, we did not scrap back in that game. We did not compete to the end. Even behind uh, our manager garden hire. 
who's known you would for, think right for inspiring combat yes yeah then okay so then what would it be um saturday night we lose two we lose two to seven a paxson was amazing okay i don't even i'm not even bitter i don't even feel bad about losses like that same thing when we lost the indians by six rounds i, I don't even i'm not even upset but then on sunday afternoon liriano is throwing a gem is he's he's no hitting them through six? six and a third i think yeah yeah we have a two-run lead. It's lining up get all the way to the last inning, and uh, we have our closer coming in, and here comes Green, and he has the batter in an 0-2 count, and you're a little afraid because one of the strikes was a bomb, foul, and you're like, okay, 0-2, just don't give him anything too good, and he hangs a breaking ball right, right down the middle. I mean... It had hit me all over it. And bang, gone. And then a few innings later, you know, it's over. Those are the types of losses that drive me absolutely nuts. And I'm, I, I kind of resonated with, you know, the MLive commenter, angry below the line fan, because I was so upset at these, these losses that I thought should have been wins. Yeah, I was actually, um, when Shane Green blew it i got really upset because i mean you you know me i i've really i've liked shin grain for a long time and i thought to myself he is so bad how does he keep doing this to us i actually looked it up he hasn't been that terrible i feel like it's just kind of your classic closer the the last thing that happens yeah. is what what sticks out he's only actually blown three saves this year which for a closer these days like that's actually not terrible um is it I feel yeah. like the the blown ones are notable and memorable. Yeah, when he's when I mean, when, he, when he's blown up, he's blown up. But I mean, I, yeah. I think that's how closers tend to be. I don't, you know, when he we took don't over, have any choices either. No, I mean, we I mean, have no choice. Joe is the other option, and you know, he's already on pace. I think I read he's on pace to pitch ninety times this year. Um, ideally, it would be less than that. So, so if we could yeah. if we could keep it below ninety, that would be um, that would be helpful. And what were you? What are you going to do? Flip flop those two guys? I, I mean, how much does that, that really does get you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so yeah, I just raged about our week a little bit, but like you said at the intro of this segment, a little below five hundred, it is who we are. Yeah. Um, so why don't we jump right in to somebody who didn't contribute to this week's malaise, and that, of course, is our future Hall of Famer, our our big fella, uh, Miguel Cabrera. He's been out, and he's had a little bit of time to run his mouth. Um, why don't you catch us up on all that the big fella has said, and then we can jump into it. Yeah, this this came as kind of the news, the little bit of uh, excitement. Um, so I'm just going to... Uh, this is Evan Woodbury's article, our friend Evan, and I'm just going to kind of read what he wrote and then read the quote. Uh, Evan writes, Miguel Cabrera won't be back on the field until he's completely ready. In a brief interview Tuesday that ranged from jocular to intense, the Tigers slugger said he didn't get any credit for playing hurt in 2017 and he has no plans to rush back in 2018. Start quote. I went through that last year, so I don't want to do the same thing, he said. Nobody appreciates you when you play hurt, so I'm going to take my time and play when I'm good. I played a lot. I played hurt a lot of years here in Detroit. They don't appreciate that. When you're when you are doing bad, they crush you. They crush you. They say you're bad. You should go home. You don't deserve anything. You're old. I say, okay, I'm done playing hurt. Now I take my time. That's the quote. So a couple of the beat reporters said this was a little bit playful, but I they felt comfortable reporting this too. Like this is serious enough. So Jordan, what do you make of this? What I make of this is that the last, what, six years of this contract is going to be very painful. I think it's. I think we're going to develop some sort of antagonistic relationship between the fan base and Mickey. But um, here's the thing. Uh, in some ways, he is right because when he plays hurt, he's terrible. Like, he has a long track record of not being very good when he plays through injury. All we ever say is, you know, you're our most – you're our best player. You're our most valuable player. When you're hurt, 
take some time off, get yourself right, and then come back. Don't let this thing drag out, um, you know, while you're injured. Just just stop. Right. Um, like, that's he wants he credit. Yeah, he he wants credit for playing Hurt, and the fans aren't giving him that. And it's kind of like, well, duh, maybe your manager wants you out there. I don't Maybe you feel like some pressure from your, your teammates, but no, uh, we would rather have a replacement player out there. For instance, in this case, Hicks, who's actually playing very well. He is in fuego, for sure. Yeah, put a healthy man in there until you are completely hurt, and then you can dominate again. Yeah, we don't appreciate you playing hurt. That's true, Mickey. Because you're we actively you. hurting the team. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, it's not like we're upset with him. I don't think there's no antagonism. I mean, we love him. We think he's the he's the greatest player. He's a Hall of Famer. He, he mashes for us all those things. But um, uh, I don't get why he thinks he deserves a gold ribbon for dragging his broken butt out there. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Do you understand that part? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I completely don't. I mean, here's the deal. Dude's making 30 plus million dollars until 2024. Like, I know that it's nice to be loved, but there's your appre- appreciation. Like, you are getting paid yeah. loads of money, way more than you deserve at this point of, of your career. You are given a... Um, lifetime achievement contract to you know to play through your broken down years that we could tell were coming um just because of what he's done for this city and for this team um there's your appreciation like i don't know if he thinks that tigers fans and tigers beat reporters have been tough on him like yeah that's not no we we don't do that like we get pissed on the internet but is anybody adding miguel cabrera like no, we we just no. yell at each other and call each other stupid for not valuing valuing war enough. I mean that that's what Tiger Twitter does. Well, and I still clearly remember when his contract extension was announced or he got the phone call from his agent that they've come to a, a deal. And he's squealing and dancing and partying with his friends and rejoicing over this new contract. Yeah, that's uh, that's the club's part of this bargain. But the other part of the bargain is, yeah, you're 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 a player for our club for a long time. I mean, there's give and take, and and I hate to say, yeah, part of it is dealing with with stupid fans. That's just part of the professional job. These aren't high school or NCAA kids, right? Now, I also think fans have no right to be a holes. Oh, they, for sure. they do not. They do not. And I think a lot of people give Cabrera a lot of a lot of love. But, okay, on both sides, just just chill. It's not so serious. And I think he was kind of playful about it. I don't know. I don't think he's super chapped. You know, Cabrera, he can get a little surly every once in a while. But on the exact other hand, you say a lot of people give him extra stick. I think a lot of people give him extra leeway because he is our you know, he's going to go into the sure. Hall of Fame wearing a Tiger's yeah. hat. Honestly, I think that kind of evens out where he just has a similar ride as most major league players as, as far as that goes. Just here's what it is. When when you're hurt, tell somebody and then wait till you're healthy right. again. Just do what 99% of big league players do and you'll be fine. It's not like when he comes back, he's not going to have a spot. You're Miguel Cabrera. Like, I mean, and also like they're not trumpeting, like they're keeping it a secret. Like, oh, I'm brave because I'm keeping it a secret. I don't want to get to the news and push through, and then I play bad. So there's this like double standard of oh, I'm playing hurt, and they don't give me a, a, a appreciation for it. But you're also not telling anybody and playing through it. Like it's this is weird. Yeah, and and to be honest, it, it feels to me like a, a hefty percentage of this is just drama related to losing. Like, if we were winning, none of this would be a thing. All of a sudden, we're not super great anymore. Um, and to be honest, we're not the same team that Miggy signed for when he signed that lifetime Correct. achievement contract. Things haven't exactly um, gone the way Gotten that maybe better. he was in, Im- imagining. So, I don't know. I tell. I will tell you what. Um, I, I think we're kind of done with this topic. Uh, going back to the Tigers in general, um, expectations are a hell of a drug. <laughs> like, I, when the team wins like two or three or four games in a row, you're like, oh, oh my gosh, we're mediocre. This is this is awesome because you you think you're going to be so bad, um, but you win a couple games. You know, 
I, I think I saw um, it posted. Like we, we're off to the worst start that we've had in the last ten years. It sure Jack doesn't feel that <laughs> we're way. We're the happiest we've been. <laughs> and we're, we're, I mean, fans are going nuts for this team. You know, oh, we compete, scrappy, and all this. Well, guess what? We're not winning a lot of games, really. Yeah. So, but I'm buying in. It's like a, I'm telling you, it's a drug. Low expectations, and you just get a, a monicum of success, and you're like, mm, strong. We found the secret to life. I'm telling you, don't have any expectations. Maybe that's what people should do for, should do for us. Hey, this is very Eastern religion, right? You know, the Buddha would say you need to detach yourself from you know your desires. That is what the Buddha would say. <laughs> that's what I read on a Chinese restaurant menu one time. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's move on to the topic that I teased greatly on last week's show. Um, I'd like to dive a little deeper into the well that is Jacoby Jones. Are, are you comfortable with that? You know, sure. Okay. So he seems to have crossed some sort of threshold where he's been accepted by the fan base as like one of our guys. Like he is just, he's a tiger. He's a good player. He's a big he's, league tiger. He's a big yep. league tiger. Is that fair to you or for you? Uh, yeah. In this, in this player climate and this I, team climate, I, I mean, relative. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see the strikeouts creeping back up a little bit, which is the main beef that we had with him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can't slip back into some bad habits. But if he stays away from that, I mean, yeah, he's a big league player. He's he's toolsy. He can do all the kinds of things that you want out of a player. He's going to run the bases hard for you. Maybe not always super smart, but hard. He's going to make you good defensive plays. Um, you know, he's going to hit the ball with some power. You just got to watch the play discipline a little bit, right? Okay, I'm going to throw some stats at you, um, and I'm going to I'm going to come I'm going to start this discussion saying I really like Jacoby, I have for a long time, and then say that I still have some questions. Okay, so he reached a batting average high point on April 25th. He was hitting 304. That was approximately one month ago. It's the tw- it's the 21st of May right now. Yep. Since then, care to take a guess what he's hitting? Probably like a buck ninety. He's hitting somewhere. a buck seventy four. Okay. Um, he has nineteen hits in hundred nine at bats, thirty one strikeouts in hundred nine. Yeah. Which see, that is getting closer to his career average. But here's the thing, and this is what this is why I find him to be so fascinating. He has nineteen hits, eleven of them are for extra bases. Right. Right. It's. I mean, in a, in an era where they're they're va- devaluing the the base hit um, as much sure. as they are, and and extra base hits and home runs are, are what's driving the game. Does a what is he at like two two thirty two two twenty hitter when the majority of those hits are going for extra bases? Does that play up in some capacity? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he gets some additional credit war for for decent defense, right, and base running. I mean, I, w- I would think so. Um, I don't know. It just it just seems like the high average, great plate approach, Jacoby Jones, that we saw for the majority of April, is a bit of a flash in the pan. Um, I think we're starting to see just what he is. Like he's, we're reaching yep. the age where I don't know that there's a whole lot more maturation that's going to happen. But if he is a two forty hitter who plays a great, you know, eventually he'll play a great center field. Um, like you say, he has the tools, the pop, the speed on the base paths. I mean, you can't That's say a he's a, he's a building block, but he is a, here's, I feel like we have this discussion all the time. Um, you can have a couple glove first guys, especially when they add in the speed and the occasional pop, you know, if they're hitting 230, 240, 250, you know, so be it. You know, you can have a couple of those guys, especially in your premium defensive positions, shortstop, center field, catcher. But you can't have it when, I mean, we have four or five guys in the lineup that are that same way. You have to assume that when we get better, we're going to have more six in the lineup. And then you can afford to have a guy who is almost like a lightning rod, a a dynamo, somebody who can can do something for you, kind of make one game changing play either with the bat or in the outfield. Um, I don't know. I've gone back and forth so many times on on. Do I like Jacoby as far as, you know, a player or not? Um, I think I'm starting to settle into that he is useful and will always frustrate us. Yep. He's a he's a big league player, certainly for our club. That's not that great. But having 
some of these guys exposed. Um, you know, Machado's back to earth. Jacoby is back to earth. Um, Iggy's been hitting well. Um, but it really shows that we miss Cabrera and Candelario. Yes. Um, I mean, now you have a gap in your lineup and you're trying to patch it with the cosmos of the world. And that might be cute for a while, but that doesn't work to win a lot of games. Yeah, absolutely. You need and, those guys back. And to be honest, like you can't expect John Hicks to continue doing what he's done. He, he isn't yep. this good. Like that's he's really you know, helped paper over some cracks. And Nico's back to earth. Right. I mean, actually, Nico's I mean, I don't know how good Nico is, but he's been relatively uh, consistent over the last, what, 10 days? Yeah, has he? Ugh, I'm sure. He's, yeah, he's been a, a cool 250. Yeah, he's consistently inconsistent. Right. Yeah. But he's got four bombs. I, I, I guess I didn't realize he had that kind of power. I mean, four bombs really isn't. I mean, I guess he's it's in limited at bats. Before Bob right. at this point in the season, really isn't that. that uh, in ninety six plate appearances, I mean, I don't know. It could be worse. Well, uh, before tonight, he had the same number as Victor and Nick. Yeah. But now that's changing quickly. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert. So, so our buddy Jacob Skronik asked us. Um, he, he did you see this about the the season total of war between Nico Iglesias and Dixon? Jeez, oh, yeah. So in the in the hot takes fire you know preview episode, I said that Nico would end up with a higher war than Iglesias or Dixon, and you said I was nuts, and you I are. said, "Am I? You know, is it so crazy?" And so. <laughs> Did you look it up? I did look it up. Right now, Nico is equidistant. Uh, Iglesias is ahead of him, and Dixon yeah. is beneath him as far as war goes. Um, so I'm I'm 50%. And let's be honest, Iglesias is going to hit a cool patch, and Nico very well may just, just push him. I guess it's more possible than I initially thought. If Iggy didn't have this little hot spell of hitting... I mean, it would have been neck and neck. Yeah, we, we probably should I'm, mention this, but I believe Iglesias is over 300 for the last month. I mean, that yeah. that's not an insignificant amount of time. He just, he really isn't all that fun to talk about. So we don't. No. Yeah, we don't. Okay. Let, what else we got? Uh, so let's move on. Last topic before we get to your beef of the week. Um, it's sneaking up on draft season. Uh, obviously, neither of us are what one might call oh. draft experts, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, we have the number one pick, and the smart money is on us to take Auburn right-hander Casey Mize at the top. Um, he, here's the thing about Mize. You may not know this, but he is a big, projectable right-hander that hails from the SEC. Um, so that is a Tigers pitcher. And our our uh, pool of reporters is reporting on this guy like he belongs to the team already. Like they're, they're following every pitch. Oh, he kind of had a bad inning. He's getting more pressed than some of our minor league guys right now. And like every inning well, to be, you know, to be fair, once he enters the system, he's probably going to be our second, third, fourth, whatever best prospect. So he probably yeah. should get more pressed than some of our current minor leaguers. So I don't follow this super close to me. It's a little like college football recruiting. Like there's just too many ingredients out there. I just have no idea. But the other guy would be what Nick Madrigal is kind of the 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 guy who's the probably the hitter, but he's kind of a little shaver. Um, yes. So, yeah, so. and the other name I've I've heard is Bart, the catcher from Georgia Tech. Well, what's your philosophy here? Like obviously at the top of the draft, it has to be you know, best player available, but yes. we are so incredibly pitching top heavy. There are, you know, with the, with the aside of maybe Kristen Stewart, there's no bats in the organization that make you, and I guess Isaac Paredes too. There's no bats that really uh, are threatening to become impact guys. I don't, I don't no. know. And, and we're no, so if, pitching if, heavy, but you can never have too no. much pitching. I go back and forth. Yeah. No, if you if the best player is the pitcher, you take the pitcher. It does not matter. You just cannot predict this far ahead of time who's going to be awesome and who's not. If you I mean, you do your best. If it's the pitcher, you take the pitcher. The, the possession that we have of three or four guys who we think are studs makes zero difference. If it's the pitcher, you take the pitcher. I'm convinced. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I do think Nick Madrigal has the best career of the three. Um, he's he's not Altuve because he doesn't have that same amount of power. Uh, but I've seen some Trey Turner comparisons. It wouldn't suck to have our own Trey Turner. 
But you know, I mean, Madrigal appears to appeals to me because I'm just a big fan of uh, acapella Baroque music. So I'm just gonna take I'll, a second and let that one sit in or settle in for the listeners. Just, like everybody likes a nice Madrigal, right? <laughs> okay. Nice. Speaking of that, let's move on to your beef of the week. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Man, I got to tell you, Jordan, I'm I'm powering through this podcast because, as you know, I like to, like to play some disc golf. And I'm it was either that or working in the yard and um i have poison ivy and this morning i woke up with a couple spots i'm like oh yeah okay i got a couple spots i'll put some cream on and this afternoon i have a growing i have serious discomfort and i don't know what happened but evidently the oils from the poison ivy i got on my hands or something and i have it on my my ankles, my arms, my face, like where I wiped my face and also, you know, where I washed myself. So I have it in your particular region in all the nether areas. And I'm just, you know, not digging that very much. And so a poison ivy, like why, why is poison ivy a thing? And then the experts are like, Oh, learn to identify poison ivy. It's glossy and has three leaves. You know what else is glossy and has three leaves? Like a million other things in the woods. Like I'm just going to go in the woods and I'm going to watch where I step and study all the foliage here. You can't, you just won't be able to go anywhere. You do nothing but study leaves. Like I'm trying to do my thing. I can't identify poison ivy, sumac and or oak that quickly. It's frustrating. And now I itch and now I'm ornery about it. So I got the industrial strength cream on right now. Seems to be helping a little bit, but I'm hurt, man. You do realize there is an alternative to poison ivy, right? And that is not going outside. You, you yeah. can live your life inside like like I do. It's nice in here. Yeah. I can just, just watch disc golf on YouTube. Yeah. And, you know, hire somebody to mow my lawn and do the, you know. You should leaves. just have the have the turkeys mow your lawn. Stupid turkeys. <laughs> so is that... That's the end of the beef. It's just poison ivy in general. I'm itchy and angry. So, so pretty much your average Monday evening. Okay, I, I, you know I'm really not this bitter of a person. No, you, you I, I'm aren't. actually a pleasure to. I'm, I'm a pleasure to be with. <laughs> Sometimes is that, is that what the straw poll said? Eh, I'm convincing myself. Um, so it's been quite a while since I've had, you know, a story from the highways and byways of this fair land. But this oh, week yeah. I have a have a new story um, from things that I saw on the side of the road while running. Um, so for my, my typical run, I'll go between seven, eight, nine miles, somewhere in that range. Time frame, usually about an hour. So that's that's what we're looking at for your your framework of this story. So on a run this week, um, I usually run kind of like on the side of a of a. I don't know. It's a 55 mile on a rural highway. It's semi busy. It's kind of a, a back road that is used by a lot of locals. Um, so over the course of this one run, I see two dudes driving with no shirts on. Like I pass them coming, mm-hmm. both in big pickup trucks, both with goatees, both no shirts. Neither men um, I would describe as somebody who would be encouraged to, to remove their shirt. Um, how do you get to the point where you're you're comfortable driving with no shirt? Do you, I mean, have you ever driven with no shirt on? 
Do you find do you consider inside your vehicle to be a public or a private space? If if someone can see you, that is a public space. No doubt about <laughs> okay. it. If my if eyes have to home? be if my eyes have to be assaulted by seeing you with no shirt on, that's a public place. I think you have every right in the world to be in your own vehicle without a shirt on. But it's common. You know, courtesy. maybe pants. We're not going to be like a lion's coach, right? We're not. We were going to keep the pants on, but shirt's optional. To, to be fair, I don't know that he was wearing pants. You know, you can only see the top half of of a person in the in the truck. But just so here's the thing: just wear a shirt. Many people have several shirts. Just wear one of them. You know, how do you feel about no shirt at a baseball game? Like at the, uh, you know, in the Chicago Cubs, they have the bleacher creatures or the bleacher guys. It's hot. It's 90s plus degrees out in summer. Boom. Take your shirt off. It is absurd to not wear a shirt in public. <laughs> how, the, only, how about, the only exception would be a beach and a pool. That's the it is designed for you to go shirtless. Other than that, wear a shirt. Like, so you, if it's 90 degrees out in the greater Traverse City area and you're going for a run, you're not just you're not going shirtless. No. Well, I mean, that's practical. You got to have something to catch the sweat. Oh, OK. But no, I feel no, like there's a lot of shirtless would. runners. Yeah. And they, they should be ashamed of themselves. All right. All right. All right. So that's things that I saw on the side of the road while running. Hello, this is Eric's mom. And you're listening to the podcast. Yanos. No right. shirts. Let's move on to the Twitter questions. Actually, let's start with an email question. Ooh. All right, Eric, Phil, while I pull this up. Um, the email address is podcastianos at gmail.com. That's a Gmail. Gmail is a popular uh, email program provided by Google. Okay, you can you can stop filling. I have it up. Good few. All right, the, this this uh, email comes from Paul. Uh, glad to hear we don't need a Twitter account. I'm just not, or I am not old, just old school. <laughs> uh, wondering uh, of the big four and a half pitching prospects, which is most likely to to boom and which is most likely to bust. Um, as a side hmm. note, would being a quality reliever be considered a bust? No, I don't, I don't think a well. If it's a quality reliever, I don't think it's a bust. I don't know. Oh, uh, also, bonus question: Which of the four, five, including Funkhauser, is most likely to be in the bullpen, like major league bullpen first? Okay, so let's. There's a lot here. Let's tackle the first one. Uh, which of the fir- of the big four and a half is most likely to boom? I like Manning. I, I would agree with that. I think he has the. Hi- I mean, he has, certainly has the highest upside. I think he's got the highest upside. Yep. Um, most likely to bust. We're kind of, the the half is Funkhauser. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't know. Probably Funkhauser. I guess. I don't I, know. He's I, probably the oldest though, isn't he? I gotta be up. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere in there. I think the most likely to bust is also Manning. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tracking. Uh, I feel like with with Fayetto and um and Franklin Perez. They have relatively low ceilings, but relatively low floors. I, I think that they're most likely going to be very good two through four starting pitchers in the big leagues. I don't think either of them have true ace, you know, stuff. Um, and I think they're probably going to, you know, most likely going to settle somewhere in there. Um, I, whereas I do think Manning has top end of the rotation stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. we could ask Emily about this more. Yeah, Emily would know more. But um, and then Burroughs, I feel like we just don't. He doesn't get as much press. It's really hard to right. know exactly what Burroughs is working with. I think he's probably. I think he's been pretty steady. Um, he might be the guy who who appears in Detroit first. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean he's Burroughs. he's he's the furthest along. I mean it, it would make sense. He's an eerie. Yeah. Um, Perez. I would have said Perez, but he is not been pitching. I mean, he's hurt. I believe. I, I still don't think he's made an appearance yet. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully we covered your email question. Yeah. The thing with Perez is his his you know pitch pitchability is so advanced that I think once yeah. he starts moving, he's going to move fast. Um, but it it's hard to tell when exactly that's going to happen. Yeah, things are kind of lining up. Hopefully for twenty twenty for us. I think we keep saying twenty twenty. And in this division, who knows? So. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to uh, the Twitter questions. Mark at cream. Or excuse me, Crams Tabor. 
that's that's the um, okay. So this one's for you, Eric. Uh, oh you you can only take five discs with you Ooh. on a course you've never played. Which are you taking? Uh, I'm taking my putter, which is a, a classic soft judge. I'm going to take a Thunderbird. I'm going to take a mid-range, an overstable mid-range. It's probably going to be a G-Star Rock 3. Um, I'm going to need something kind of understable. Um, I'd probably take a... Um, a Stratus, a Discraft Stratus, and then maybe um, like a Valkyrie yeah. for a longer distance drive. Understable. Like a Valkyrie you can do a lot of things with. Yeah. So that that probably be what I take. Same as that's five. That's I get five's a lot. Um, or you could stay inside where you don't get poison ivy. Yeah, that sounds pretty good right now because I'm itchy. All right, next one comes from Anthony Troya. Um, I know Liriano is already as good as gone. If teams are asking about Boyd or Castellanos, would you be willing, like me, to part with them for the right price? I don't think either will be big contributors when it's winning time again. So I kind of play, I showed my cards in a previous episode. Boyd, I would trade. Castellanos, I would keep and extend. I completely agree with that entire um, summation. Uh, we always agree, but I feel like we're agreeing a lot tonight. Um, yeah. The thing with Boyd is it all depends on what you are being offered for him. If you're being offered well, as, yeah. you know, him as a two or a three, you know, somebody who's essentially established middle of the rotation guy, then you absolutely have to to move him. If they're looking at him as a fringe, you know, starting piece, then it make, makes way more sense to just hang on to him and see what, what he develops into. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I think he is a, I think he's a number three major league starting pitcher at this point. I haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise in pushing a year at this point. Yeah. I mean, Avila has a lot of leverage there. Yeah. Um, Brett Yoder asks us, feelings on Gogurt? No, I'm a big thumbs down on Gogurt. I actually do like yogurt. I like Greek yogurt a lot. But I will tell you, there's something to me about the psychology of slurping yogurt out of a tube that for me, I can't. I just can't do it. I, I would say no, no gurt to the Gogurt. <laughs> See, I don't actually dig uh, Gogurt, but if you had had Dan Infusion, they're like little thin yogurts that you drink. They're they're almost like a yogurt smoothie. I was all about those as a kid. Mixed berry all day. I, I don't See, do. No, I like thick. I want the Greek yogurt. I like the oats, and I like to put Meyer Bountiful Morning Granola in it. That's oh. what I like. It helps your helps your innards work, so, <laughs> so, so you can make. Yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah, well, my my innards are fine. My outards are not looking too good right now. <laughs> uh, JC, not not Jay Z the rapper. J, and then his first or his last initial is C. He asks us good initials. Chicken, chicken fingers or peanut butter sandwich? Oh, chicken fingers for sure. I, I don't I don't actively dislike PB and J, but uh, I'll tell you a story. Every year we go down to Guatemala to build houses and stuff, and we uh, eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the whole week for lunch. That's all we eat, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, because it's easy to pack and it's not fancy or whatever. I eat peanut butter and jelly for a whole week, and that's the only time of the year I eat it. <laughs> I never have it any other time. So it's like cemented in my mind for like what we do there. So That's kind of cool. Um, little story about me that I you probably won't find super surprising. I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day for lunch from sixth grade through twelfth grade. Real talk. That's isn't that kind of weird? No, it's not weird. It's consistent. I like the guy who wears the same thing to work every day. I don't wear the same thing to to work every day, but I do have shorts that are my Monday shorts, shorts that are my Tuesday shorts, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, of course. Um, Come on, you're not wearing the same shorts more than once in a row? No. What? Who does that? You wear, wear something and then you wash it. That's how you stay like, clean and not smell. Stop it. So you don't wear the same pair of jeans two days in a row? No. I wear them and then I wash them. That's ridiculous. I'm not some sort of you deviant. Can, no, you can get pair of jeans. Do you wear winter. underwear? 
no, multiple times? No, of course you're changing your underwear every day so and t-shirts a... every day, but jeans are different. How? Is it is it a contact thing? Because, you know, beneath your underwear, the jeans are making contact with your legs. It's fine. You can wear jeans more than once in a row. You're, you're some sort of deviant. All right, so let's move on. Stop. Fine. Ryan Blevins asks us, how long do the Tigers uh, blue, by, blue ball us by hovering around three games out of first place? I don't know. Eventually, this is going to stop and we're going to sink and the Indians are going to remember that they're, they're good. But this might this might go on for another month. Could possibly. See, it's not really the Tigers that are going to be blue balling us. It's the Indians that are blue balling us. Yeah. Like, we are not doing anything to stay in this division. We're not. We are at their mercy. Once they decide to start playing like the Indians, we're going to we're going to sink. Yeah. So that is that's the the situation there. Um, His next question. How many rounds is too many rounds to pay attention to the MLB draft? Uh, Two. Yes, absolutely. If you make it to the second round, kudos. Uh, you have more patience than I do. You know what I do? I wait for the first round to be done, and then I look over the names of the guys that we took. I don't look at any other team. And I like, I'm just looking for interesting names and interesting stories. You're looking and for names you can make some sort of pun about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. I want, I'm not, I want the next Ulrich Bojarski or Guido Knudsen is what I want. I love I love these guys with just uniqueness. Realistically speaking, in this year's draft, as soon as we take Casey Mize, I most likely will change the channel. I probably will not have it on. Okay. Uh, next one uh, at Nicholas Haller asks us: Ghosts, uh-huh. real or not? Ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah. Uh, no, not not real. Hmm. Unless uh, you're talking about. Casper, Casper Wells is real, I guess. I was wondering where you're He's going with that because Casper from the, the movie is is not real. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not big into the paranormal. All right, next one. Uh, ben Decker asks us: Is Buck Farmer worth keeping around because he's so inconsistent in most of his outings so far, and it doesn't seem like he's improving? Oh. Here, we'll just reach into our bucket of good relievers and replace Buck with one of the good ones. <laughs> wish we wouldn't have thought wish we would have thought of that sooner. Gosh. Like what are we gonna do? Go to the good reliever bin at Meyer. Come on, we're doing the best we can. Don't Buck's, even don't even get me started on Meyer first. Buck's of all. trying hard. But Buck is Buck is good. He's good to hang around. I don't know. The thing is, is you know exactly what you're getting with the Buck Farmer experience. He's gonna come in. He's gonna walk a couple guys. He's probably gonna give up a run, and he's gonna look absolutely dominating while doing bats. Like that's what Buck does. He has great stuff, and he gets maybe not quite as good of results as one would think from someone with that great stuff. We'd love to have seven Joe Jimenez's. But we don't. We do not. So you get a few sprinkle in, a few sop holds, and farmers. That's what we got. Uh, Ashley McCrandall asked us, any opinion on Miggy's comments about the Marlins and wanting to go back there and being stuck here? A little bit different take than the one that we gave earlier. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly accurate. It was one of the Marlins ex-executives joked about Cabrera being stuck in Detroit, I think is how it was. And there's there's just not a lot of news there, I don't think. Yeah, I mean— We, we, it, covered, we covered the Miggy thing. As bad as we are, I'm sure he would rather be here than in Miami because that's an even bigger mess. Um, party all night until the break of dawn. Okay, Pitbull. On the beach. This was Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Billy Robinson asks us, what should the Tigers offer in a trade package to acquire Vlad Guerrero Jr.? There's no way we could get Vlad Jr. I don't, I, we, we could offer our entire big league roster. We probably wouldn't get him. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that you have to take, uh, into consideration, like take away the name. He's just a regular baseball player. What is he? He's still a pretty amazing young talent. Like, there's such a premium on those guys now that are cheap and cost controlled and you think are going to be studs like you just you cannot get them away from another team. And we like have Gliber, 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 yeah, Gliber. 
the Yankees aren't going to get rid of him for anybody. Except Michael Fulmer. <laughs> I kid, I kid. He, we wouldn't have got him, even for Fulmer. Our buddy Roger Martin um, at Rogcast81, who we are going to uh, watch the Whitecaps game with on, I don't know, sometime in June. Um, <laughs> he, we're, uh, he's, he asks, uh, are Lunchables considered in the child food category? If so, I enjoy them quite a bit. Now, no adult should be getting a Lunchable because you can make your package your own Lunchable elements and have a better experience, a better meal, and pay less. But and have you? like, Sure, just put some crackers, cheese slices, get some salami or whatever, ham chunks. Make your own Lunchable. I don't know. I, 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 there's just something magical about the Lunchable. You like the sterile, generic, pack, plastic packaging? I kind of peel that sucker back like it's. A, I kind of, I kind of do. Um, I, I can't say that it's I've like a eaten. kid of surgical tools. You <laughs> pull that wrapper back, and, and then they give you the little bit of candy for being a good boy. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You're such a child. <laughs> uh, David Bratt asks us, "Do you really get enough questions for an all-listener question show?" Um, <laughs> we've never tried i would i would assume no try. um if so what player can i steer my son uh toward getting a t-shirt or jersey that i won't regret in 12 to 18 months i thought that was a really good question candelario i'm telling you candy candy's a, he's a cool guy he's a he's a nice guy humble he can hit i'd i'd get a candy jersey for sure I mean, I like the obvious answers here are Miggy and Zimmerman because they ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's kind of played. Uh, get somebody young and interest, younger and interesting. Also, get a get a Blaine Hardy shirt. Support our boy Blaine. Yeah. Uh, yep. David also asks us: Would Lucky Charms be better with just the marshmallows and no cereal? We should storm the Tigers' front office with torches and pitchforks if they pick someone other than Mize with the first pick. Oh, okay, sh- well. sh- no, should we? Sorry, that's a question. Oh, should we? I thought they were no, just two no. unrelated facts. Um, let's start with the Lucky Charms. Do you know if you go down to Shipshawana and go to the bulk food store, you can enti- buy an t- entire bag of just the desiccated marshmallows? I didn't know that. I, I, yeah. if I, If I were to take a survey of everyone in my life and think, who would I know that has the most knowledge of Shipshawana? I think you would be who I would pick. I, I would be a decent phone friend, I feel like. Um, Casey Mize is probably the choice. But if they pick somebody else, no, you don't need to storm the castle. It, it feel, could be somebody. It feels a bit dramatic. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from David Bernier94, which I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Um, it looks sure. French. He asked Bernier. us. Trade interest has been reported on Liriano. Should the Tigers trade him while there's interest or wait until later when there's more demand but risk him falling off? If they trade him now, what do you think the return would look like? There's a re- I feel like there's a reason why trades aren't made this early. is because you haven't established the depth of need and the, the leverage that comes later. I mean, it's very rare. The team, I mean, guys get traded this early. We got to get closer to the deadline. Yeah, I think that'll. I think it'll do nothing but drive drive the value up. Um, yep. As far as what the what the return would look like, I don't think we should like start dreaming about a Candelario scenario. I just don't think that's no. going to happen. It's going to be. I think it's going to be somewhere between the JD deal and the the you know Paredes Candelario deal, where we're not going to hate what we get back, but we're not going to end up with a future, you know, everyday third right. baseman. So Dan and Jim were talking about this on the radio and cause Liriano was traded by Toronto last year for a prospect to Oscar Hernandez. Yep. Thank you for filling in that, that in, but they were saying that that was a once in a lifetime, good get steal, amazing swindle 
situation. And we shouldn't expect that kind of return for Liriano this year. Yeah, dude dude can ball, but I don't know that anyone knew really who he was at that point. He just came up and started balling and hasn't stopped. So, yeah, I, I So agree they got a little lucky, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Um, at Ed Miller 19 asks us, and this is a really good one. I was actually going to ask, I was going to bring this up in the, the regular section if he if nobody had asked. Uh, um, he said, talk about Tampa's use of Sergio Ramos as a... Uh, uh he's he's referring to sergio um romo not sergio ramos is the the real madrid center back um as an opener have you seen this in in tampa um they used oh yeah they used romo twice in a row to get through the first inning uh against i believe it was the angels uh heavy right-handed hitting top of the order i love this idea it is i love this idea do be creative you know, the rules of baseball and, like, the norms of baseball are not chiseled on stone tablets. Do something creative. I, I don't – I didn't hear about the details, but I did hear about this. It's brilliant, right? If he is that good against right-handers, you know how – you know the best way to get him to face up against the, all of your right-handers? They're all right there. Just that's Put him at guaranteed inning. inning. Yeah, absolutely. We we think of these baseball players as such delicate, fragile little psychological flowers. Oh, you know, the starter needs to start throwing at twelve fifty one a.m. or p.m. and all this kind of shenanigans. It's like, come on. Yeah, you can have a little bit of plan for how it's going to unfold. But, yeah, start a different guy in the first inning and, and somebody else in the second inning. It's fine. I mean, we're going to get to this point where this this kind of stuff is happening every day, used by all teams. It just looks like an outlier because only one team in baseball is gutsy enough and innovative enough to yep. actually do it. I mean, did you see some of the shifts that the Astros played? I mean, there was one guy, Marwin Gonzalez, was on the left or the yeah, who played left field? Everybody else was on the right side of the field. You're gonna see more of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it it wouldn't happen if it weren't you know, analytically based. I mean, there are there probability says that this is how you should do it. I mean, it's hard to ignore that. Yeah. Um, well, we're already seeing more of like best hitters hitting second. Yeah. Stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Castellanos hit second for us tonight. Yeah. I I don't see that sticking. But no. I, I mean, especially when you got Pete Cosma, how do you keep him out of the two, the two spot? Cosmania. Yeah. Um, but Zach Cozart, he was uh, one of the angels that faced this. This was his quote. Um, it was weird. It It's bad for baseball, in my opinion. It's spring training. That's the best way to explain it. Oh, that is some royal butt hurt. Get over yourself. Yeah. it It's not. I don't understand how people think that new and fresh is some way bad for baseball. Baseball is the most traditional game out there. You're never going to lose the tradition aspect of baseball, but adding in some new reasons to watch is never a bad thing. I love these kind of goofy things. Just this year, the Mets batted out of order. They had the wrong lineup in or whatever. That stuff's great. Do that. Yeah, absolutely. Not us. We shouldn't, but no. the bats should. All right, four more. Let's buzz through these. Um, at Breslin Birds asks, how do you stay awake for these West Coast games? All right, the trick is, and here's how I do it. Okay, you know, nah, quarter to ten kind of rolls around. I'm feeling a little sleepy. I've had a beverage. What you need to do is get a little nap in. Get a little, I like to call it a, a, a nappetizer or a, or a snore d'oeuvre, you know. <laughs> just get that little sleep in there and then you kind of wake up oh okay what's going on if you miss the first few pitches fine and then you're good to go until 1 30 i'll, I'll let I you in for a little secret i go to bed probably usually between 11 and 11 30 and i just go to bed i watch what i watch you're allowed to and then i go to bed um you know i'm not gonna judge you i the thing is i enjoy it and i sometimes i fall asleep sometimes i stay awake but if the game's on and I'm enjoying it and I don't feel the need to sleep, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I don't mind staying up. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like in my in my younger days, my spryer days, I would do it. But you always just feel miserable the next day, and I ain't about that life. It's because your body's weak. Uh, but uh, I don't do the coffee thing, though. I'm not, like, actively staying awake, but my, I can usually watch it. Well, the thing with coffee, if you're committing to coffee at, like, 11 at night— even when the game's over, you ain't sleeping. You're like you're up. at least at least I am. 
So uh, at Evan Ken 95 asked, if you don't like Meyer, why do you shop there? And this is in reference to my tweet on Sunday that I stood in line at Meyer for 24 minutes. Um, here's the thing. There are other grocery stores. Those other grocery stores cost more money. I don't have many monies, so I shop where the stuff is cheaper. And I my, I have more time than money, apparently, so we shop at Meyer. Meyer is a classic American super center experience. Just you, you, you don't have there's not a lot of options. No, if like you say. So if you can get into the what 12 and under you check line, you're golden because there's never a, a yep. wait for those. But anytime you have to go through um, and have the people scan your things, I mean you're committing to the next half hour of your life looking at those <laughs> rag magazines. I mean that is at least the Traverse City experience. See, I don't mind waiting in line a little bit. It gives me a little pause in the day. I can look at my phone. You know, if I'm especially if I'm there by myself, what am I going to do? Hustle to get something that's going to be bothering me some more? No, just enjoy. Take a little break. All right. Do you have an Aldi in Traverse City? We do. Yeah, we we actually shop. We have an Aldi, um, Meyer, and we have a a Lucky's, which is like a kind of a Trader Trader Joe's. We actually hit all three every week because we have different stuff we get everywhere. And plus, Aldi is is the cheaper option still. So, yeah, you're kind of a high maintenance eater. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I got to go everywhere. You know, peanut butter here, jelly here, bread here, chicken tenders here. Fresh pair of shorts every day. Uh, at Nick or Nick Wisniewski asked, I retweeted a Kanye tweet today. Don't, don't judge. I thought it was profound. Who was the strangest, most unlikely you've ever retweeted? Uh, Lynn? I don't know. I would love to have seen the tweet from Lynn that you thought was retweet worthy. Yeah, he's got some he's got some gems. The, as much as I dog on Lynn, I, I'm not an antagonist. Like that is entirely false. You're the definition right, that, of an antagonist. <laughs> I I don't that's the thing, I don't dislike Lynn. I just find him wrong a lot and peculiar a and, lot. And bombastic when he even when he's not wrong. He's just he just thinks he's a thesaurus when he sits in front of his computer or whether he gets his phone he's like got to drop some eloquence on unneeded you know verbosity and in my in my mind i think like i think he he, in my mind he thinks he's impressing us by using all of these words yeah like he's you know grantland rice out there no just like tell us what we want to know um, and to, to be fair to you, Nick, you, um, I've actually retweeted Kanye a few times. Generally, it's with something sneery on, you know, in the quote tweet. Um, but Kanye is always good for a chuckle. I'm trying to think. I, I quote tweet you a decent amount. And you're kind of an odd one. So I've, all right. Here's a secret, though. Like if if you're making like snarky comments or trying to be a little funny, which I try, but don't always succeed. You need like a straight man. Right. If you have a comedy duo, there's always a straight man. Well, the, what you retweet is kind of the straight man that yeah, you can yeah. build. That's a really good of. way of looking at it, actually. Yeah. yeah. So you need like people kind of giving you straight news or interesting things that are happening. Yeah. For Re- you to Darren play off. Ravel is a perfect one for that. Yes. Because everything he says is um, very serious and yet wildly mockable. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, all right, last one is from uh, at Tiger underscore Lifer. He asks, uh, my 11-year-old daughter just told me she likes honey mustard more than stadium mustard. Should I leave oh, her sure. at the stadium? Oh, see, I, I will consume honey mustard because it's pretty decent. I will not eat yellow mustard. I, I, I just won't eat it. I can't. I like my hot dog with ketchup. No. And onions and pickles, if I can get them and they look pretty decent – but never mustard. I can't do it. No, I, but honey mustard's all right. I actually I like honey mustard. I don't like regular mustard, but I, I eat my hot dogs plain. Um, I don't like anything on there. It's because you are a child. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and and mustard, like just regular straight up yellow mustard, is the absolute worst. Yeah, it's filthy. It's gross. Don't eat it. Okay. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Comeric Eric. And the show is at Podcastianos. On Instagram, I am at Jordino4. 
podcastianos at gmail.com. And we'd love it if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. Uh, Eric, do you have anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for another week? Uh, just, just be nice to me because I'm super itchy and ornery. So, you know, tweet, tweet nice things at me. You could affirm me so I don't gouge my eyes out. That'd be nice. Thank you. So the fate of your eyes depends on how much aff- affirming tweets you get on Twitter. That's all right. It's a little bit of a stretch. You should always be nice to me. Okay. Whether I have skin irritation or not, I don't need additional irritation. Um, okay, let's let's get out of here. We're, we're over an hour at this point. Um, we will catch you guys next week and eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.